and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hour of Power. This is 80s Wrestling, the podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Monday Night Virtual, none other than Tommy Fierro. Tommy, welcome back to the show, brother. Jumping Jay, what's going on, man? And hello, everyone. Welcome back to another action-packed, body-slamming episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, each and every Thursday right here live, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We're going to come at you with a live show. You can call into the show and talk to Jay and myself and whoever we have on uh, for that week. We are scheduled to have Medusa, WWE Hall of Famer, on. I think there's something wrong with her phone. Hello? Last night, she was super excited to come on and do the podcast, and she was promoting it also on her social media. So I I know she knows about it. I know she wants to do it. I think there might be a – maybe she's in the area where she's doing a cell service. Her machine's not picking up, so something, something's off. We'll try it back in a couple of minutes. Jay, how was your week? Jumping Jay's not with me either. I'm all by myself here, so I guess I'll do all the talking. So I hope everyone had a great week. hope everyone had a, a nice weekend with their uh, friends and family. We had a big weekend coming up here in New Jersey uh, on Friday night tomorrow at the Wrestling Collector. From 6 to 8 p.m., we are going to be doing a special uh, fundraiser event for Bill DeMont's uh, organization for his daughter that he put together. As many of you know, his daughter um, was killed by a drunk driver, and they started a foundation in honor of her name. And uh, Bill does a lot of uh, talks and goes around and talks to a lot of schools. And it's an amazing, amazing group. And I've known Bill since I was a teenager. He used to come pick me up uh, at my house and he used to take me to his independent shows. Uh, so uh, it's a very important cause and he will be here along with Crowbar, former WCW um, tag team and, and hardcore champion and all proceeds from the autographs for both of those guys tomorrow at the store will be donated to the foundation. If you don't live in the New Jersey area and you still want to donate to uh, Bill's uh, charity, uh, you can actually head to our website, 80swrestlingcon.com, and you can uh, purchase a photo of Crowbar and New Morris for tomorrow's signing here in New Jersey, and all proceeds will be donated to the foundation. So if you don't live in the New Jersey area, you can go to 80swrestlingcon.com, and you can select the photos of you, Morris, and Crowbar to get personally assigned to you, and all proceeds will go to the uh, foundation, Jay. That's fantastic, Tommy. Uh, you always put together these amazing things for fans and for talent, and I love it that uh, it goes to benefit a greater cause that, than us, the fans. So that is fantastic, Tommy. Yeah, I think I was just – Jay, I know you were on the other line. You were trying to get a, a hold of uh, Medusa – I think that there's a bad connection with her phone. 
because when I'm trying to send her a text message right now, it, it won't let me send it. So I have to send it as a text. And then when you're calling, the machine's not picking up. So some, something's off. We will, we'll, you know, we'll, try back, we'll try back again in a couple of minutes. That's right. Technology is great when it works and when it doesn't. It's not so great, but the ball keeps rolling, and I know at some point within the hour we'll get her on the line. Hall of Famer, former women's champion, former cruiserweight champion, a trailblazer. She's done so much in the world of professional wrestling. Medusa, hopefully we get her on the line this show, but you've got her appearing at your store, and she's going to be a very special guest on the next episode of Monday Night Virtual, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, man. She uh, And I was very lucky to be able to, to get her on, on such short notice. Originally, Honky Tonk Man was supposed to be doing the store on Sunday and the virtual Monday. He, 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 he canceled with me uh, probably about a, a couple of weeks back. Not canceled, but he needed to reschedule it, but he doesn't have a new date yet. Uh, for some reason, he, he, he can't make it. Uh, some kind of travel situation. So, uh, you know, I, I needed a, a big replacement for Honky because a lot of people were really looking forward to him being at the store and being on Monday Night Virtual, as was I and you. And uh, for, for short notice, and we, we haven't had her yet, uh, I, I think that she is a, a very, very suitable replacement. Oh, w- without a doubt. The, uh, the career that she's had in the world of professional wrestling she came up in an era when women's wrestling, it kind of goes like wrestling in general. It has highs and it has lows. And so you come from an old school era where women wrestlers were wrestlers. They were tough. They could wrestle just as good as the men. And then she comes in and her style is unlike anything we saw before. She would fit right in with today's world of women wrestling. And then the Attitude Era hits. And it kind of goes away from wrestling and becomes more of just a ratings type attraction, the type of women wrestling they have. They transition from wrestlers to divas. And, of course, we know now they're back to wrestlers. Medusa was going through this transition period, and she was such a good performer, and she was such a good wrestler, that they ended up putting her against men at a time when that really wasn't happening. But her skill set led her to have great matches with anybody she got in the ring with. And so in prepping for today's show, I was watching hours of footage of some of her shows and her moveset, the things she would do. She would do drop kicks off the second turnbuckle. She was one of the first women to jump from the top rope to the outside of the ring onto her opponent. And then her trademark finish was that German suplex into the bridge athletic stuff, Tommy, stuff we didn't necessarily see during the Attitude Era, but that the women today are definitely showcasing, and you got to believe it's because they grew up fans of Medusa. Oh, yeah, man, and she was way, way, way before her time. Uh, if you look back, you know, can you imagine if, imagine her in her prime right now with, with the, with how, I mean, the, the, today the women wrestlers are more over than the guys are. Can you imagine her mixing it up in her prime with Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks or Bailey or any of the, the top women wrestler out there today, man. She, I would love to have seen her in her prime against today's talent. I mean, cause those matches would have been out of this world. And, 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 and to her credit, um, she didn't have the, uh, 
the opponents to work with, like today's generation, like today's generation, everyone is, is absolutely out of this world phenomenal. Uh, back then, you know, there wasn't really that much emphasis on, you know, women's wrestling in the WWF when she was a lunger blaze, you know? So, I mean, they would bring in outside talent to work like Heidi Lee Morgan, who we just had at the ISPW show uh, a couple of weeks back. So I, 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 she, imagine her today. And she, I mean, she had a great series with Bull Nakano, absolutely phenomenal. But imagine if she would have had a, a more, a, a bigger selection of talent to work with like today's generation. You know, so I would have loved to have seen her uh, mix it up with, with, with some of the top talent and, and talk about a trendsetter uh, and, and, and a trailblazer. I mean, you look back at the height of the Monday Night Wars and the episode where she came out and she threw that belt in the garbage can. I mean, that was like draw-dropping stuff back then. So she's way, way, way ahead of her time. And uh, she's definitely uh, very, very worthy of being a WWE Hall of Famer. And hopefully, uh, I know Jay's trying again to get her on the phone, uh, that we can get her on today's episode to talk to her all about this and take your calls as well. Jay, any any luck trying to get her on yet? Still no luck, Tommy. I ducked into the green room here. I dialed the number, but it just rings. And like you said, nobody answers, and it doesn't go to voicemail. So there must be... There's some kind of breakdown in the system, but while we're waiting, and we're going to keep trying because we want to talk to her as much as the fans want to talk to her, but while we're waiting, let's give out our guest call-in number. Maybe you did it when I was off the air. I don't know, but I'll give it out again. If you're a fan and you want to call in and you just want to talk to us right now about the career of WWE Hall of Famer Medusa Alunza Blaze, give us a call here. The number is 516-595. 8295. Jumpin' Jay and Tommy are here. We're kind of calling it in the ring. We're kind of playing the wait and see game to see if we can get her on the phone. Uh, technology is great when it works, and when it doesn't, it leaves you calling things in the ring. So if you want to jump into the conversation uh, and help us fill some time until we can talk to Medusa herself, give us a call. Again, it's 516 595 82 Nine five. DJ, this is where you're. This is where you're wrong. You said help us fill some time, brother. You're on the <laughs> help fill some time, bro. You're on with me. I can fill this next fifteen <laughs> minutes iron sheet or or loose, or I can just fucking make up any voice I want right now. We don't need time, man. Don't worry about time. I, 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 I I'll, don't worry, carry, man. I'll carry you. I appreciate that. That's what you call a ring general. Somebody who doesn't panic, someone who doesn't get lost, somebody who'll go to the you're next there, page of the you're over, there sh- you're over there shaking like a leaf right now behind your computer. Take it easy, man. Relax. Look at this. Jay, listen. <sighs> <sighs> the guest is not picking up the phone. What are we going to do, Tommy? What are we? Easy, brother. You know what we're going to do? Hold on. Let me sit back. I'm relaxing right now. Let's talk about 80s wrestling. The reason why I'm doing this, the reason why you're doing this, the reason why everyone listening is listening, it's just okay, man. We'll try her back. If she gets on, she gets on. If not, we'll just call it in the ring like you said. So let's bring up something that we haven't talked about yet since we've returned to doing this uh, podcast. And we, we briefly talked about 
uh, some of the different talk shows out there in the past in the 80s, whether it have been the flower shop, whether it have been the barber shop, whether it have been the, the body shop or the uh, funeral parlor, um, what was your favorite? I, obviously, we talked about Piper's Pit, and we know that probably for both of us, that was our all-time favorite. But for me, outside of that, the Brother Love Show was always one of my favorites for some reason. And also, and, and this doesn't get enough, I don't think this gets enough play, the Snake Pit with Jake Roberts. And, and, and I was always, always, always such a huge fan of the wrestling uh, talk shows back then. I really, really, really wish that they would bring that back. And, and we always talk about this, how WWE, all they have to do is, is just copy what they did in the 80s. And I know that they've attempted to do similar things over the recent years, like uh, you know Chris Jericho doing something or, or other guys, but it, w- it would be done in the ring. I'm talking about building a set totally away from the ring, like they did with Piper's Pit, like they did with the Brother Love Show, like they did with the Funeral Parlor, the Barbershop, where the set had, where the, the, the show itself had its own set. And I really, 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 really would love if they can do something like that again. But I'm looking back at the old ones, man, and, and just, it, there's just so many different memories and moments. And, 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 and the snake pit was up there, the barbershop. What, what was your favorite? Well, I think, you, I think you're on to something when you say the fact that it was a separate set, that it oh, wasn't I'm done not, in not, the right. Don't mean to cut you off. Don't mean to cut you off. Uh, Medusa just texted me. She goes, I'm just walking back into the door. I apologize. Give me five minutes. So we're going to call her back in five minutes to get her on the show. Look at that. Late. See, and you were over there shaking like a leaf behind your computer screen, Tom, and you should have played it cool like good old Jumpin' Jay. I knew Medusa would come through. Brother, so did I. I said, let's get her back on in a couple <laughs> minutes. Easy. Let, since we, do have, we have a couple minutes before we call her. What, what, what was my... The whole my whole train of thought was, what was your all time favorite moment on a talk show? Obviously, mine is when Hogan uh, got his uh, shirt and cross ripped off by Andre, setting up for WrestleMania three. Because I was there at the Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, when it happened. I, I have some other ones that are up there in my head, but that one stands as my favorite. What is your all time favorite or or couple um, memories of, of talk show skits from back in the day? Listen, there has been so many moments on these type of talk show structured segments that it's tough to name your top three or your top five right off the top of my head. On this subject, one of the first things that pops into my mind, and I know it's not necessarily 80s. I think it's early 90s. I think it might be 90 or 91, but it was on the Brother Love Show when Earthquake attacked Hulk Hogan and sat upon his chest. I remember that vividly. I also remember... In the funeral parlor, when The Undertaker locked the Ultimate Warrior into that custom-made Ultimate Warrior casket, and the -the behind-the-scenes worker tried to pry the casket open to give Warrior some breath. Moments like that, moments like Andre turning on Hogan, moments like that, like Superfly Jimmy Snuka getting cracked in the head with a coconut... Moments like that stick in our mind and they live with us forever because of their importance and because of the storytelling. And I don't think you can accomplish that inside the ring like they do in their talk segments now, Tommy. I think you're right. I think the the specialized set takes it out of the world of wrestling and kind of creates its own atmosphere where things can happen. 
What are some of your favorite memories from these type of shows? I think when Honky Tonk Man hit Jake the Snake Roberts in the head with the guitar on, on the, the uh, on the snake pit, that, that holds up there. I think when Piper destroyed the set of the flower shop, that stands up there as one of my favorites. Obviously, when, when uh, Shawn Michaels turned on Marty Jannetty, when, uh, you know, Undertaker, uh, Undertaker and, and, and um, Ultimate Warrior on the funeral parlor. There's a lot up there, uh, but those are some of the, the ones that, that, that come off the top of my head. Oh, I'm sorry. And Piper's Pit, man. How can we forget Piper's Pit with, with uh, Jimmy Superfly Snook and the Coconut? That's up there as one of the – has to be up there as one of the, the greatest uh, angles ever done on a talk show segment. Let me ask you this, Tommy. You know that every once in a while I like to throw you an overrated, underrated question, and you're usually right on the money. Now, when it comes to those talk shows, really the only time people mention the barbershop is during the Shawn Michaels-Marty Jannetty split. That is an iconic moment in the world of professional wrestling. Aside from that one moment, the barbershop as a talk segment, is it overrated? Is it underrated? Extremely underrated. Uh, you can give her a call now. She's ready. Do you want me to call her on the air, or should I dip out and you can call, talk more about the barbershop? Call her right on the air. Right on the air. Let me hit my little dial button. Ladies and gentlemen, we are dialing up Hall of Famer, the legendary Medusa. Hey. Well, hey, if you'd like to get a actually, hold of me somehow, you could actually, leave a nice little live. tune and a message, and <laughs> I oh, will filter through them and choose who I want to call back. Wow, that's heat. That's Hang heat up, right Jay. there. I thought she was talking. That's her answer, Ms. Jean. What a swerve here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. She called me. Whoa, get her back on the phone. <laughs> I love that you were – the best is that we both thought that was her, and so you started talking to her. What was that? You want me to call her back? All right. Call We're going to call her back again. This time, man, awesome. if it's her voicemail, play it cool. Don't start talking to the voicemail. There you go. <laughs> All right. We're dialing her up again. This is the best. That's awesome. Well, Hello. Well, you well, have reached my voicemail. Again. <laughs> well, if you'd like to get a hold of me. <laughs> she got you twice, Tommy. No, that's her, really. <laughs> no, there's no way. No one says hello. You've reached my voicemail. But I love the fact that she says hello like it's her. So I'm sorry, there's, are... got to there's got to be something wrong with her phone there. <laughs> You automatically start talking to her, and then she hits you with, uh, this is my voicemail. That's awesome. I love that. That is, a, that is a, that's a great move. I'm going to do Try that in my again. voice. We're having, we're having fun now. <laughs> Can you, are you, do you really want me to try again uh, live on the air? You want to go through this whole thing again, or do you want me to dip out and give her a call from the green room? Hold on one second. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to trying to call the legend here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. There's nothing funnier to me 
than getting Tommy to be swerved on the voicemail message twice in a row. And he's begging for a third go at it. I love it. It, It's made my my morning. Call her again. (laughs) All right, Tommy. Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. Here we go, Tommy. I can't wait to see you go go over three here. No, I'm 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 getting it this time. Well, hello. You have reached my voicemail. Damn it. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of me somehow, I'm gonna have her call. Okay. Listen, brother. Well, okay. five one five one six. Well, here I'm gonna text you the guest not the guest call in number. Okay, it's different than the fan call in number, but I'll text it to you right now. I won't give it out over the air, otherwise uh, we'll get all sorts of guests calling the show. Um, but Tommy's gonna send her the message. She's gonna call into the show, and when she calls, you know we're gonna hit her with a, "Hey, you've reached our voicemail." Yeah, right. We got to get her back. <laughs> we got to get her back. Uh, let me let me know when she's on, okay? <laughs> well, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, you will be the first to know when Hall of Famer Medusa gets through on the call in line. That's really really funny. Yeah, Jay, talk. I'm texting her. Okay, use texture. Let's go back to this whole barbershop conversation because I'll be honest, the only two segments I remember about Brutus's barbershop is the rocker split. She goes, I just called that number and it says there's no block show schedule for now. Thank you for calling back radio or something. I got to give her the guest call number. Give her the guest call number. This is, this is crazy. This is, this is awesome. What's that? 516. 516-595-8295. That is not only the guest call-in number, but it's also the WWE Hall of Famer legend call-in number. So if you happen to be listening and you're a WWE Hall of Famer and a legend, reach out to us on the legend hotline, 516-595-8295. And yes, Danny from Butler, you are a legend. So feel free to call in once we get Medusa on the line. I just, I just gave her the new number, so there's, there's obviously some kind of uh, she's, technical She's calling in. Are you ready, Tommy? Okay, put her on. I'm going to go right to voicemail. She is live on the air. Hello, and thank you for calling 80s Wrestling, the podcast. You have reached our voicemail. <laughs> Please leave your name and number after the tone, and we'll get back to you as soon as we could. Thank you. Medusa. Is that a joke or a rib? <laughs> no, it's a <laughs> We're, we're, over here. We're, we're live on the air, so this is Tommy, by the way. Thank you so much for finally getting you on the phone. We, we kept calling. Tommy, the no- oh, my God. I'm thinking, <laughs> what's happening? Why, why? Okay, are we in our blackout that everyone, the conspiracy theorists are thinking about? What the hell is going on? <laughs> the, the best part of it is, though, we, after, we, after we're trying to get you on, we finally, it finally, because we kept trying to call you and call you, but your voicemail didn't come up. So once we got on the show... We we called and your your voicemail picked up and then when you said hello like we thought it was you so we we started talking to you but it was your voicemail and it was very funny. Anyhow, we got you on now. Yes, eighties podcast, right? What? Yes, let's let's do the proper introduction, ladies and gentlemen. Finally on the phone now after some technical difficulty is the nineteen ninety nineteen eighty eight. PWI Rookie of the Year, former AWA Women's Champion, 
part of the Dangerous Alliance, the WWF Women's Champion. Like we mentioned earlier, she is famous for having one of the hottest and biggest moments in the history of the Monday Night Wars, former WCW Cruiserweight Champion, Monster Jam Champion, a WWE Hall of Famer, a WWE 24-7 Champion, and this Monday, she will be the next guest on Monday Night Virtual, joining us on the phone, WWE Hall of Famer, Medusa. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Now that now that is a proper introduction. <laughs> Just put aside all the problems and adversity that we've been going through, and thank you for having me. And I'm really looking forward to this um, up and coming uh, appearance that I have. Uh, before we start, I, I I had to run to the store, and it was kind of an emergency because I you know I don't know what I was thinking. I thought it was on a Zoom call, so I went and bought like um, some. 80s hairspray and I got an 80s hairdo and it's like because I'm an oh, 80s baby no. this is like an 80s podcast and I'm an 80s hair band girl so you know hey hello Aquanet <laughs> <laughs> you probably are all young wondering what the hell is she talking about you don't even know what Aquanet is listen Medusa yeah. this is J- this is Jay I'm Tommy's co-host and first of all thank okay. you so much for taking the time to come on our show but now I am dying yeah. to know, what is your go-to <laughs> 80s rock band if you just want to relive oh the golden era? Well, it has a lot to do with wrestling. And thank you so much. It's great meeting you. And thank you for being so patient and kind and all the fans and you guys especially. So I am a true 80s band um, girl. And I knew that um, all the guys were going absolutely dumbass crazy when all these heavy metal real rock and roll 80s bands started doing ballads they're like oh my god why are they doing these sappy love ballads well it sold and it got the chicks to the concerts and you know the benefits of what happened to that afterwards right it was hello backstage passes so um it's a joke all right you guys will understand you'll have to google all this shit but anyway (laughs) so there so when I was in Japan, one of my favorite bands were Kingdom Come. And they are like the lead singer is just, you could have sex all day, all night long to their music, right? Cover and your so, ears, Jay. It was badass. Kingdom Come. And so they were playing, um, they had a concert in uh, Japan when I was wrestling there with All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling because. I was wrestling in AWA with Vern Gagne at the time in Minnesota, and um, All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling was doing a tour with Chigusa Nagoya um, all through um, the state. And they were looking for American women to wrestle in the states, but everybody was really um, they, they didn't know much. It was they were it, it was like it wasn't irrelevant, but they weren't they really didn't do their diligence and but. I did, and I knew that if I was going to be taken serious in wrestling, I needed to go to Japan. So when they came and they, um, we were wrestling at the showboat uh, in Las Vegas uh, with AWA because that's where we had our TV tapings every month. So um, I wrestled Chigusa in uh, Vegas at the showboat, and it went really well. I'm just trying to skim through this 80s rock band. And <laughs> it went so well, they, they – uh, 
they offered me a contract, like, um, you know, after the conversation, uh, three years. So I went over there for three years, and I'd always go. I mean, I didn't know, you know, going over there anything, no language. I didn't know how to read or, you know, read um, Japanese or write Japanese or even have a conversation. But I just got over there, and I did my thing, and I got on the subway not knowing where the hell I was going, and I would just take chances, and that's how you learn. You just dive into things, and, and you face fear in the face. Um, and face everything and rise is what I've always said, right? So I I would go down to this place called Ropungi, and um, it was where all the crazies were at, like you call misfits today, right? But it was extraordinary. There, there are artists, there's musicians, there's, I mean, just a bunch of people up and down the street just performing wild, just fun stuff. So there was this place called um, Tokyo Hard Rock Cafe where I would always go. And um, I would go by myself. I'd take the subway I'd take um, or the train to, um, oh, there's another place, Shibuya or wherever it was, wherever Tokyo Hard Rock Cafe was, whatever town that was. And um, I'd go there at night and have dinner and, you know, have a beer or something and that's where all the Americans would go. So that's where I can have conversations with people from all over, but that would, you know, congregate at this hard rock cafe. So, <laughs> and all the rock bands started coming in. And when I found that out, I was in heaven. I mean, every rock band was there and I was just hanging with them. And I was like, fuck, I can't even do this in the States. Excuse my expression. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. Um, so I, all of a sudden one time, Kingdom Come comes in, and I'm like, this has got to be a dream. This is bull. Oh, my God. And so I started, you know, talking to them and not, you know, saying really what I did, of, you know, not bragging or anything. And they're just like, yeah, we're having a concert. We're having a concert. I'm like, oh, God, only if you knew. Like, I'm like fangirling out, right? And uh, they <laughs> – so I said, well, if, you, if you're giving me these tickets to your concert, I said, I've got to reciprocate and give you some tickets back. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm a pro wrestler. <laughs> so, oh, my God. So they That's came awesome. to my wrestling match at Corican Hall, and they're sitting front row, and we're getting pictures and doing whatever, and then I went to their concert. So there's my story. Long-ass winded story of that. Yeah. That was a great story. I can't. Yeah, oh. we're here. We're just we're just in awe that you were able to turn a band that you were a fan of into fans of yours. That's an awesome tale. Yes. Yes. Medusa, pictures and everything. Yes. Well, while while you were telling us that awesome story, our fan line has been lighting up. So we're going to answer a call live on the air, Medusa. I'm sure they want nothing to do with Tommy or I. I'm sure they're calling for you. So we'll answer this line. <laughs> And we'll let, them, we'll let them ask their questions. Hi, welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. You're on the air live with Hall of Famer Medusa. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Good morning, gentlemen. It's Matt Comp. Matt, hey, Matt, how are you, man? Program. I'm doing well. Good morning, gentlemen, and good morning, Medusa. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning. It's great to hear from you. Don't be... Don't be an ass because you'll get cut off. Just make the question good, and I, I will answer it. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I'm glad I, I called in when I did. I loved hearing about Japan. I was there nine years ago, Rapungi, Shibuya, Ebitsu, mm-hmm. uh, the Budokan. I didn't get to go to Corrigan Hall, but uh, I wanted to ask oh you, God. did you ever get to go to Ribera? 
Oh, are you kidding me? That is like the wrestling hot spot. And when you go to Rivera, us wrestlers got a jacket. <laughs> Life so goals. Cool. Life goals. Yes, yes. I got to dig that jacket out. I have, you know, my whole life um, in the wrestling biz and, you know, getting back into it when I got inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2015, um, I've, I've kept... Well, let me back up. If you were ever to come in my house, you'd never know what I did for a living because through my whole years, you know, last 40 years of entertainment, I've never had a hero room. I've never had anything hung up, no pictures, nothing. It all sat in wow. plastic bins for the last, yeah. Yep. And so um, I'm going to have to dig out that Ribera jacket. <laughs> it's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did like the steak over there, and I would like to get there sometime when the prices for a ticket to Japan are not too crazy. Uh, one question I did have for you, though, all your career, obviously, you've worked many arenas, many different people. Who was your favorite member of the Dangerous Alliance to work with? Well, everyone was quite a character, <laughs> to say the least. And um, the, the one that was probably the less, strung out and what I mean by that was you know calm was beautiful Bobby and he was always he's he was always a pleasure to be around um and we just lost Bobby recently and it just broke my heart and uh he was such a kind soul and a wonderful man and he was so good at the business and I, I remember him saying, he, he ever think I'll get into the Hall of Fame? And he just wanted, he loved wrestling. And, um, you know, he left us um, doing what he loved. He was sitting in his chair and chewing his bubble gum like he always did, watching wrestling, and he passed in his chair. And, uh. yeah, and so I'm going to say Bobby, he was just so cool. Now, I traveled with Paul. And Rick Flair, uh, Rick Flair. Oh my God, Rick Rude. Um, and they were. Let me tell you, they wouldn't. Rick would always be ribbing me about my feet because he said I had long toes and I could play the piano with them. And then, <laughs> and because I'd always be barefoot and have my feet up on the dash, and Paul always drove. And so um, he would. Uh, uh, they would roll up the windows and lock them and look, wouldn't let me breathe because Rick would always be smoking dope and I'd always get so pissed off. Oh, it was horrible. But it was fun. But anyway, they all were good. They were all good. Excellent, excellent. And, uh, oh, go ahead, gentlemen. No, okay, Matt, you have, one more, you, have one, you have one more question before we, we let you go? Nope, that's yeah, it, before... Nick. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, you about WrestleMania 10 was your first time in the garden wrestling. Um, I don't, oh God, I remember it was very iconic because, I mean, that's a lot of history there. This was the MSG before they remodeled it or tore it down and redid it, right? Um, that's correct. Yeah. And so I got to wrestle in the original MSG. And um, it goes with Bull Nakano. Absolutely, yeah. All right, Matt. We, right, we well, appreciate calling in, man. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Thank you, Medusa. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.
Now, now, Medusa, what I, I wanted to talk to you about, like, so you broke, you broke in the business in the late 80s. Now, at the time, you were in the AWA, and then you went to Japan after that. At, at the time, WWF was a global phenomenon. I mean, it was worldwide. It was mainstream. It was pop culture. Now, you, you, you came there a few years later, but still, during pretty much the, the, the big boom period, uh, the tail end of it, through that run in the, the 80s that they had. How, how cool was it for you to, to start off where you did? And, and obviously, I'm sure that you're, you're paying attention to WWF and you know what's going on. You start from AWA to Japan, and then finally you make it to the WWF, and, and now you're part of you know, this, this global phenomenon. Was it something that you were looking to do? Was that like your end goal when you, when you first got into the business to eventually make it? to WWF, and if it wasn't when you got there, was it everything that you expected it would be? Well, that's a long-winded question. So, let me see. Back up. Okay. So, I didn't grow up wanting to be a wrestler. It was just kind of a fluke thing. And um, so, I'm kind of fast-tracking here. So, when I did get into it, and when I get into something, I just don't get into it so wholeheartedly. I mean, just tiptoeing through it I put everything into it and no looking back no matter what the consequences are right and um, doing so um, I did my diligence in knowing that Japan was the a you know the place to go and I wanted to hone my craft there and really um, be something different well I got what I was searching for and more and so I combined the two styles, came back to the state, did an independent, worked for WCW, and then after WCW, working independent again, and that's when I was introduced to Pat Patterson, and Pat Patterson then spoke to Vince, and then we started speaking, and then it went from interview to um, going out there and speaking to them, and um, I was hired. So, of course you know, when I was watching the whole WWF, when I went into the AWA, it was a phone call from Wahoo McDaniel. And he, uh, you know, he said, we want you to have a program with Sherry. Well, that was very difficult because Sherry knew I was coming in on the territory, but her one foot was already out and she was going into the WWF. So she never did drop the title to me. So we had to have a tournament in the AWA. And then um, going from there, um, I knew that my end goal was I got to get to WWF. Well, through all the changes and, you know, things going on, I finally made it. Um, Greg Valentine knew Pat Patterson, and he said, you got to check out this girl. And uh, it was it was Greg Valentine's great phone call to Pat Patterson. And, um, and his relationship with Pat, being friends and him being in the business prior, um, that got me that opportunity to speak to Vince. So um, for that, who knows what happened, but I know myself well enough to where, you know, I would have got there eventually, but this just kind of fast-tracked it. So watching what happened with Wendy Richter and the whole rockin' and wrestling, and I thought, oh, my God, this is great. But they went through so much. During the time when I went in, the title was vacant for the women's um, in WWF, and he just didn't want anything to do with women. I think it was like eight years or so that, or 10 years or whatever the belt said dormant right and so then they had the um tournament and i went in there and it was in a time where they were just spinning they were going through so much stuff well um i mean vince was going through all of those 
tragedies of, you know, almost closing his doors. Um, and uh, there's so many stories. I don't even know where to begin, so I'm just saying that. But, you know, one was the steroid scandal, right, amongst a lot of other scandals that he was facing that he, I guess, he almost was thinking about closing his doors. But he said, you know, we got to minimize here. Let's just drop the women. They know we don't need them. They're not coming. They don't make the money. Whatever the hell the reasoning was. And they let the women go, which was me. And I was devastated. So, I, you know, and then, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I was so, you know, taken back by that. Such a Vince's girl. And, you know, I was never late. I was on time. And just, you could always, he could always count on me. And I, you know, I did the company well. You know, I was an ambassador for the company. And um, I was devastated. And so... You know, I figured, how can you let your champion go with the title still and, you know, and just say, you know, let's, let's cut budget. Let's cut, let's, you know, let's cut the women. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, I had to feed, I had to put food on the table. I was no different than the dick swinging men that always got everything, you know, and I was pissed. And so it, it doesn't matter, you know. Eric Bischoff and I go back and forth who called who to get into WCW. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's that it did happen. Um, The first shot was done with the Monday night war and, you know, and then the competition started, you know, and that's what W that's what WWF needed was this whole Monday night war thing. They, I'm sure he sees it now and does know it because it gave him competition and put a fire under his ass and they came back twofold. And that's usually what happened. They usually go up and down, up and down. Medusa, let's talk about that iconic moment when you sparked the Monday Night Wars. Now, I know you've talked about let's it don't. countless don't times, okay. but here, here is my question for you. When you transition to WCW, do you feel like they lived up to their end of the bargain of, of giving you great women to wrestle because I feel like you were legitimately ahead of your time when it comes to women's wrestling. The stuff you were doing in the early 90s would fit so well in today's women's wrestling today's scene. World. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what Vince said when I saw him for the first time when I was there rehearsing for my um, Hall of Fame, you know, speech and all of that. And, you know, when I saw him for the first time, he said, you know, you are exactly what we need and need, and you are exactly what we're going to do. You are the type of woman that we are going to emulate that I want and for the future of women's wrestling here. And that's why you're here because we are starting. And that's when they, that whole thing started. So I knew before, I didn't know exactly what he was talking about, but I knew what he was talking about. I mean, I, I couldn't understand this whole picture, right, to the whole evolution. And that's exactly what happened today. So the beginning was the 2015 induction of myself, bringing back the uh, tough style and um, the legitimacy of the women's wrestling. And so it was full circle, and, and here we are, you know, six years later, and just a women's division like no other, totally my rank of um, what I was fighting for um, in pro wrestling. And that is definitely my style, yes. Well, Medusa, let's talk a little bit about your style, because what I love is when you see a Medusa match, you know you're going to get 
realistic, legitimate kicks. You're going to see drop mm-hmm. kicks from the second turnbuckle. You're going to see you jumping off the top rope to the outside. And then you're going to see an incredibly athletic German suplex into a bridge. So my question is, especially after seeing you do the, the drop kick from the second turnbuckle, because you wouldn't just do one. You would often do two, three, even four in a row. So I guess my question mm-hmm. is, after all that, how do, physically, how are you feeling today after putting your body through such a physical style of wrestling? First of all, I want to say that anybody that dares to put on boots or even go barefoot and step into the ring are courageous people because they made a choice. They made a choice to entertain for something they love to do or to test waters of the uncertainty of the misfit family type of thing. And it is like no other career. You wrestlers, pro wrestlers are amazing people. And I'm going to put them on a pedestal and every single one that is entertained, you know, hundreds and thousands and millions around the world. And the people that do get that great shot with one of these huge, you know, um, companies, federations, or whatever we call them now, promotions. And kudos to them because they are actresses. They are stunt people. Uh, they are pro wrestlers and their actresses and actors all in one. And there's not one Hollywood person that can do all of that either. So a lot of, that's why you saw a lot of, you know, wrestlers going into Hollywood because they, you know, some of them can act, some of them can act, some of them can do their own stunts and, you know, cut a promo. Um, But as far as the physical beating, it does take a toll. And I will tell you, um, that it doesn't catch up to you until you, um, you know, realize you're bending over to pull weeds out of your garden or you are just bending over to pick up your dog and, you know, everything hurts. Um, you'll start seeing signs of things that are questionable, like um, mainly neurological um, uh, which I don't think anybody's really tapped into because um, it's, it's an unknown territory and wrestling and medical together. And there are, I mean, if someone were to do an actual medical history or test on, you know, bodies and brains, um, just like this, you know, CT, you know, the head injuries and, and concussions, my God they'd actually start to, you know, they'd probably be pages of uh, something to hand to wrestlers that want to become wrestlers and say, here are your warnings. <laughs> this is what you can expect. And this is what is going to happen. And um, if you choose to do that, please sign here because then we're not liable, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it's, um, it's crazy. I mean, if, you know, having health insurance is hard enough, but, um, if your health insurance companies knew exactly what people did on the side from their regular job, they probably would not insure them. Find out, and you know, I, I give seminars on this. Um, it's called Kick Wrestle and Roll, Build Your Brand, and I uh, I speak about the seminar of everything about the business out of the ring, and to help educate these kids um, what to expect and what to do, and um, give them guidance and you know bullet points. Uh, we talk about 
uh, everything from trademarking to medicals and doctors and lawyers and etiquette and uh, it just on and on and on. So, yeah, that, that was a mouthful. That, that's great. I, I was saying at the, at the beginning of the show before we got you on how I would have loved to have seen you in your prime in, in today's era because back then – uh, I was I was like you know you, you didn't have the the the, the wide variety of, of talent to work with back then like like today's generation and I and I said also before you came on it's 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 just so different like today the girls are more open than the guys are in 2021 so I would have loved to have seen you in your prime in, in today's generation you were way before your time you were a trailblazer you paved the road for all these girls today my question for you not to put you on the spot. But if you can only pick one, only one, I'm sure you could pick 20, but if you had one match, you can go back in your prime in a WrestleMania in a main event situation against any current wrestling uh, woman today, who, who, who would it be? I know, I know it's probably near impossible to pick one, but if you, if you had to. Uh, like you said, it is impossible to pick one. You, you just, you can't because of the, uh, level of uh, wrestling where women, you know, the level of women's wrestling right now. You can't just pick one, and and I won't. And um, but I will say that there are many that I would choose from. But if I did choose, it would be somebody that would definitely um, would carry me, and I would carry them that knew what they were doing and had the psychology to do it. I just Absolutely. wouldn't pick somebody because they're popular. There's some very, you know, there's dangerous people out there that are very, that that are popular that are getting the push that still don't know what they're doing. Um, it's not their fault. It's just again because they're getting the push, you know. Who who are some who are some of the talents you enjoy watching in, in today's today's era? They're they're in every federation. So um, there's a handful in every federation because there ain't just one federation to watch anymore. Sure. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we have multitudes of just wonderful federations. Um, I'm really digging NWA <laughs> because of its historical and prestigious acronym of the name. And uh, it's, it's definitely pure history, and it is different than any other of the federations. And it gives you that vibe and that feel of that old TV taping i'll tell you right? what yeah I, I, it's funny because I, I had it in the store i had it on in the store yesterday it was the first time i'm embarrassed to say it's the first time i watched it and it was it was an episode where trevor murdoch had just won the belt and it was him yeah. and nick out there and they were going back it was like it was like such raw emotion it was like it was just so so good like now now yeah. i i watched it all day yesterday i watched like five episodes of it i got hooked on it it, it de- <laughs> it's definitely, definitely, definitely unbelievably awesome. And I'm, I'm ashamed to yeah. say that I didn't watch it until yesterday, but that promo with Trevor and Nick, that just got me Trevor's glued on amazing. it. And then I watched like the next three episodes after that. Trevor is freaking amazing. Yeah, he is. You know? And he is. Yeah. He is definitely the solid backbone to that company too, you know? Um, and Nick is so amazing. He's, you know, he's been there since the beginning, I believe. And so it's good to see that. And, of course, you know, uh, Mickey had her Empower um, pay-per-view piggying back on with uh, Billy Corgan's NWA. So, I mean, 
what a great success to see that come to fruition. So there's so many, you know, levels of um, women's wrestling that it's just unstoppable right now. And it, it, it it's about time they be, you know, that they're taken seriously. And um, because there are women that treat this as a business and, you know, as a sport business. And um, they have to feed their families just like anyone else. But if they're good and um, they have the full package, then, I mean, why not? Now, I got to believe, Medusa, that a lot of today's top talent in the WWE specifically, because I know you had a chance to interact with them at your Hall of Fame induction. I got to believe a lot of them grew up watching you and kind of modeling themselves after you. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty, but when you were going through your career, did you have in the back of your mind the idea that you were being such an inspiration to the next generation of female wrestlers? Well, I don't know. Everyone has their own goals and inspirations in life. However, in the 80s, I don't know how people fought and what their outcome was. No one knows what the future is about except there's a future. No one knows that picture of future except what we can, you know, come up with in our head. So, and then that's our future, right? So I was thinking that whatever, each each time I got into something new and challenging, um, I was like, I need this to change. I want to see this. I don't like the way women are being treated here, so I need to do this to change the trajectory of women's wrestling. And by God, I did. And I did it with such loudness, not so, you know, not so much verbally, but with my actions is that it prevailed. You know, I actions speak louder than words, you know, and um, you can voice something, have meetings, so you're blue in the face, but until you actually go out and do the work and you carry through, people aren't going to notice. You get loud with your actions. And um, I knew that uh, doing so at every moment then when I changed something and, it, and the women's wrestling started going into a new direction, I really felt like I was a part of it. Every era has its hero. Every era has its movement. Every era has its change. Every era has its purpose. And, um, by God, I was a part of a lot of those eras because I've been around a long time. <laughs> you sure <laughs> are. And, uh, and so to be active in today's women's wrestling and these, with the young kids is, is pretty epic because it's changed since I was there. You know, their, 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 um, their skill as far as their verbal, um, calling spots are totally different. Um, there's new words on spots. There is, I remember, you know, when I went to the, to the um, PC with WWE and, you know, wor- working with the kids there and they're starting to call spots and, and they're different names. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is that? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know? And uh, so I'm like, oh, my God. They come up with these new gimmicks, right? New names. And so it's like, it's like learning how to walk all over again. And um, it, it's pretty amazing, I guess. Um, I I don't know. I can't sit here and talk forever. But anyway, hopefully that answers. 
that does answer my question, and I believe we have another question on hold. We've had a caller patiently listening to us talk, and so let's invite them to join the conversation. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. You're on live with the one and only Medusa. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Caller, welcome to the show. What's your name? Uh, hi, yes. Um, I was wondering if I could ask uh, Medusa a couple questions about the Dangerous Alliance. Sure. Hello, what's your name? Uh, I, my name is John. Um, my question for you, Medusa, is um, with the Dangerous Alliance, you know, you had, you had a, it was a really great faction. And I just wanted to know, like, your thoughts on Paul Heyman and how influential he was with you and your career and, you know, working with Zabisco and, and, and Steve. Steve was obviously young at the time, but... You know, it was such a great faction, and I, I just feel like they didn't get the opportunity that they really could have had there. Well, it was it was a great group. Thank you very much. And it was an ingenious um, uh, invention, let's say, uh, Paul. Uh, I believe it was Paul's idea, part of it. And if it wasn't for Paul, I wouldn't have been in there. You know, he, he really helped um, – shape my career and give me a lot of opportunities and that's why we're still you know best friends today and um he 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 saw of you know he has visions and he's very creative and damn he's good at what he does he's still to this day but um the dangerous alliance is was um i believe and could have um been one of those top factions like you say that um that really didn't get to um, that pinnacle point in the um, in WCW, um, and I, we were we were powerful, and it was so good. And then it just quit. And I know a lot of people were disappointed, um, but everyone, single one of those guys, it gave them a purpose. It gave them um, a way to be creative, and everyone had their own individual personality. And you know what? The best thing about that is that we all got along. We all got along. Even though Arn would always rib me because I took too long to do promos because I sucked at promos. And I did like a 10 take. And he was like, come on, we got to go to the gym. Hurry up. Blah, blah. And I just took off my shoes and started throwing at him and told him to shut the fuck up. So, yeah. But he was only <laughs> ripping, doing his thing. And so, yeah. They were amazing, every single man. So I, I guess the next question I have for you, and this is the last one, is, um, you know, you can compare that to, to your, uh, your faction with, uh, you know, Molly Holly coming up and, and the Macho Man and, and um, that experience. I mean, I mean, was it a different experience for you? Where, where did you have as much input, you think, or, or was, it, is, was it, you know, kind of I, – I heard stories about the Macho Man, how, he, you know, he had, he had a vision that he liked to stick to and he didn't want to deviate from that. No, that's true. I mean, that's the way he was. He was very ADHD, and I think he was a bit schizophrenic. I mean, my God, he was just all over the place, but he was business. He was business savvy, you know, and yeah. um, he knew what he wanted. I mean, madness, I mean, ours, us three girls and him, I mean, it, I mean, all three of us were, were different, um, you know. Yeah. Um, it was great working with Mach, and um, um, and uh, I just saw Stephanie uh, last weekend or the weekend before, um, and she's doing great. Uh, I think Nora, 
I think she's working with WWE, and I think she's one of the writers, as <laughs> from what I really? heard. Yeah, and um, um, so of course we don't have much anymore. But um, he died a happy man, and with his first sweetheart out of his life, and uh, he had his life together. So um, it was an amazing um, group and an opportunity to explore and do other things. Would would you and, and uh, I said it was about my last question. I guess I lied before, but your your preference about about a match and calling a match in the ring versus I guess the the, the rumor is that the Macho Man liked to have everything prepared up front and planned up. Front. Um, yeah, and, and I've listened does. to interviews uh, of the Dragon, right? So I, I guess for for from from your perspective, being in the business for so long. What is your preference? What is your take on it? Do you like to read a crowd and call it in the ring, or, or are you someone who likes to have it like like Macho Man who had, you know, step one, two, three, four, four handled? Well, everyone's craft is different. So, I mean, you cannot um, say it's wrong. But um, to ask somebody how they ran a match is probably the correct. And so, um, like when I wrestled Bull Nakano, I mean, we never spoke. We just knew what each other's high spot was and would give give somebody the eggy, you know, by squeezing their arm, letting them know when it was coming, and that was it. And yeah, um, so that was that's called art and dancing. And um, I had some of some of my best matches with Bull Nakano, um, and because we we danced, we just you know when you find that perfect partner to have a match with, everything flows. Um, and sometimes, you know, for the other half, you have to either lead and, you know, help the green person and keep their body and um, everything safe and keep that, you know, keep it in mind that you are there to make each other look great. Um, I, I, you know, wrestling Sherry, um, she would never speak to me either, never. Um, and we'd know what the finish was because I, you know, I knew what was coming or who's ever finishes who, but, um, and nowadays everything is scripted down to the T every, every step, um, working with these girls, they like to talk about their match. And, um, if they have a 10 minute match, let me tell you that 10 minute match is filled with 600 moves. And, um, um, I was, I was just agenting with, um, NWA for the empower and, and, you know, working with the girls again, and thank God I have worked with the younger, you know, generation, and I'm familiar with them, most of them and have a relationship with them, which is good. And, um, I mean, they, they they go over their whole damn match, but it's just the way it is today. Um, so I give them the room to create their match, and I listen to it. I ask them. You know, I'm a, I'm a laid-back agent, you know, and I'm not going to give my secrets away and how and what. But the matches that I agented were spectacular. And I have a way of letting the talent be creative. And I listen to their match, and if I feel or see or hear something that, you know, that doesn't make sense there, you might want to try this, let me see, and um, let me hear you if you change this or take this out, you know, that type of thing. So it's given the kids ability to create their own um, even though it's in a whole different way, <laughs> because I always tell them, God forbid if something, if you guys are out there wrestling and something happens to one of you, and what are you going to do? If you're in a tag team, one of you get hurt, your whole thing is screwed up. 
you got to know how to ad lib. So make sure that you know how to ad lib and roll with it and then get ready to go home. So that's that. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And I, I, I do want to say one more time, you know, um, uh, you know, books shouldn't mean as much as they they, they do in, in in their profession, but um, you really did set the mold for um, the 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 current the current class uh, and and crop of uh, uh, of women wrestlers. So uh, kudos to you and, and your career. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so much for calling question. in. Yeah, thank, thank you for you your time. So well, I tell you what, Jay, we we didn't even scratch the surface yet talking about the career of Medusa, but that's a good thing because this Monday night she will be the featured guest on Monday Night Virtual, and uh, you guys can <laughs> <laughs> you can head over to our website now. It's eightieswrestlingcon dot com. What you're going to do is you're going to select which photo you'd like of Medusa, and you're going to tune in live this Monday night live on our Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash 80s wrestling picks. You can actually watch her sign the photo that you choose. She will also give you a shout out and then we'll ship it out to you after the signing. But good luck guys. If you live anywhere in the New Jersey area, you will have the opportunity to meet Medusa live this Sunday at our store, the wrestling collector in Stockholm, New Jersey on route 23. She'll be appearing live from two the 5 p.m. Again, 2 to 5 p.m. at the Wrestling Collector this Sunday in New Jersey. And then the following night, the Monday Night Virtual Worldwide from 7 to 10 p.m. Medusa, are you looking forward to coming back to New Jersey this weekend? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always been the greatest friends, you know, um, a lot of heel friends and heel fans in, in uh, Philly and Jersey area, right? But let me tell you, I gained a whole different demographic of fans when I started driving monster trucks in 99, and we'd always go up there and race. So I'm really looking forward to that. Really, I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully, come on, racing fans. I'd love to see you too. Absolutely. Again, it's this Sunday, Stockholm, New Jersey, the Wrestling Collector, live from 2 to 5 p.m., Monday night virtual, Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Medusa, thank you so much for coming on, and we're really looking forward to having you up this weekend. Oh, me too, guys. Hey, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, I will see you in person and live on Facebook. And thank you to you guys in this debacle on the phone. Oh, my oh, God. No. That's it was awesome. For you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Have a good day. You too, honey. Bye. Bye. And there you have it, WWE Hall of Famer Medusa. After some technical difficulties, Jay, I don't know what was going on, but we got her on the phone. And uh, like I said, we didn't even scratch the surface uh, talking about her career. There, there was a lot of things that I wanted to talk to her about. Obviously, the, we're, we're running a little late today due to the, the glitches and glamour. And, uh, but we'll talk all about it this Monday with Ryan Marr. He will be hosting the Monday Night Virtual. And as you could tell, Jay, she's extremely outgoing and talking to him. So it should make for a very, very, very interesting show this Monday night. I can't wait, Tommy. She has got such great energy about her. You can tell that she's still as passionate uh, when she talks about it as she was when she was living in it. And she comes across as a type of person that really doesn't hold anything back, that she's willing to kind of give her take on the life she led. And those are always the best guests when it comes to Monday Night Virtuals because – 
they're willing to talk. They're willing to answer questions. They have a positive energy about them. So I cannot wait for Monday night because, like you said, we didn't even scratch the surface of the things Medusa did throughout her wrestling career. And so I'm jealous that you get to meet her in person uh, at your store first, get to hear some of these stories live and in person. But you better believe I'll be tuning in Monday night right here behind my computer screen. I cannot wait. And again, this Friday, tomorrow, uh, at the Wrestling Collector, we are doing a special benefit fundraiser for the Curry and DeMott Foundation, the daughter of Bill DeMott, Hugh Morris. She was killed by a drunk driver uh, a few years back, and they started this foundation in memory of her name. And uh, all proceeds from any autographs of Hugh Morris and Crowbar tomorrow at the Wrestling Collector will go to foundation. If you're not in the New Jersey area, you can still donate by ordering an autograph picture of Bill DeMott and Crowbar on our website, 80swrestlingcon.com. They'll sign it for you live. Uh, well, not live. It won't be uh, live, but they'll sign it for you tomorrow at the store, and then we'll, uh, we'll mail them out to you uh, after the weekend. But uh, all proceeds will go to the Curry and DeMott Foundation. So if you live in the New Jersey area, tomorrow they'll be here from 6 to 8, if not, you can still uh, contribute and, and show your support by ordering autograph pictures of them on 80swrestlingcon.com. So we got that on Friday. We have Medusa in the store on Sunday. We got Medusa live worldwide this Monday. It's a busy weekend, Jay, but I'm looking forward to it. And until then, I hope uh, you and your family have a great weekend. And uh, I hope that all you guys uh, will tune in this Monday night live virtually for Medusa and head over to 80swrestlingcon.com now and place your orders. And if you're in the New Jersey area, we'll see you this Sunday at the Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey with WWE Hall of Famer Medusa. Until next week, hope you guys all have a good week and we'll see you next week right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. <laughs>